This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. sound is hygiano is where we get the word hygiene hygiene uh, not to say hi to a guy named gene but you know what i'm talking about hygiene it's hygiene and and it means to be well it means to be in good health and christians pastors and everyone part of the body of christ we cannot be well we never would be well we won't be in good health spiritually speaking unless we are doctrinally sound in the word of god When we look at something and say that it's sound, what do we mean? Today, Pastor Eddie says that being sound means being hygienic or clean. What does that mean for the church? It means equipping your congregation with Scripture. When you have Scripture in your life, you're able to live life the way Christ has called you to. He wants you to live a life like Christ did. The only way to do that is to know the Word of God inside out and live it out. Well, Let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Titus chapter 2 as he begins his message, Qualities of a Sound Church. To Titus chapter 2, Titus chapter 2, we would like for you to follow along with us as we study God's word expositorily, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, until we finish the book, and then we continue on. When the Lord comes back, we will be with the word. Amen? Titus chapter 2, Titus chapter 2. Let us go before the Lord in prayer as we study God's word. Lord, We're so grateful for your word. It gives us wisdom. It draws us close to you to know who you are, to know who we are, but we're nothing but fallible, sinful people. And Lord, we need you daily. We need to grow daily in you. And how we do that is by your word. May we learn from your word the things that offend you, things that are not pleasing And we learn from your word how to grow in our faith, encourage one another, and be a blessing to share the gospel and to minister to one another. So, Lord, we need your word. And, Lord, we ask that the Holy Spirit who inspired the Apostle Paul to write this letter some 2,000 years ago to be our teacher this morning. And we pray that we read it, study it, the way it was meant to be read and studied And so, Lord, we need you as a teacher. So we ask your Holy Spirit to open up eyes that we may see, ears that we may hear, our minds to understand, and our hearts ready to receive the word. In your name we pray. Paul writes, Titus chapter 2, verse 1, he said, But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, Sound in faith, in love, in patience. The older women, likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women 
to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned. That one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. Exhort bond servants to be obedient to their own masters, to be well-pleasing in all things, not answering back, not pilfering, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. In our last study, we looked at Titus chapter 1, verses 15 through 16. And there, the Apostle Paul gave his true son in the faith, young pastor Titus, instructions in appointing elders throughout the land of Crete. There were qualifications that the elder or pastor must have and their responsibility an elder or pastor must do. In verses 5 through 9, Paul gave us the qualification of an elder. And there were 18 requirements, 18 qualifications for a pastor. And if you also have to include 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 13, a pastor must be blameless, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, hospitable, lovers of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled. Those are the qualifications listed for us in Titus. Then we looked at verses 10 through 16 of Titus in chapter 1 where Paul gives us the ministry of the elder. There's work that he has to do, responsibilities. And the job of the pastor is to correct, rebuke, false teachers to protect God's people from being deceived or misled. And though verses 5 through 16 is addressed to pastors, we discovered that it also not only applied to pastor, but is applicable for all of us because every single one of us ought to be blameless, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, violent, hospitable, lover of good, and so on. And it's applicable for all of us, but also the reason why it's given to us in the scripture is so that you would know the requirements, the qualification of a pastor. You know what it's required of me or any pastor that calls on the name of Jesus Christ, okay? And if you're looking for a church or you're visiting and you want to find or you're moving or whatever it is, always look at the qualifications of a pastor. Listen in Titus chapter 1 and 1 Timothy chapter 3. Throughout the history of the church, within all denominations, they have taken away some of those qualifications that are biblical. Some have added to the biblical requirements of a pastor or have done both, added and removed. But... We love to study God's word without adding or taking away. And this is why we study God's word verse by verse. So there's two reasons why you need to study this text. Now that we have saw the qualifications of a pastor, what's required of a pastor, the passage before us in chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, gives us the qualities of a sound church. So now 
and the tables are being turned. It's not about the qualification of the pastor, but it's the qualification of every single one of you. I'm included. Now, I never ever think that Pastor Eddie is separate from you. And I like John Corson's illustration. It says, you know what? Church is like a hospital. You know, we all go into the rooms and we, we wear those gowns that you have to tie in the back. You know, we eat the hospital food and we have those foam slippers, depending on what hospital you go to, okay? I just know what, what's the, the right food to eat. I can tell you the good nurse, the bad nurse, and the good doctors because I've been around in the hospital a lot longer than you. But I'm in the hospital. We're learning together. God shows partiality to no one. And so we are to learn. So this passage, verses 1 through 10 of chapter 2, it's for the people in the church, in the church. And again, just as the requirements are expected of all believers in Jesus Christ, whether you're a pastor or not, so too what's expected of the people in the church, I have to follow as a pastor because we're to follow the whole scripture of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17, Paul writes this. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. All God's people are to live godly lives. And that's the reason why we have the Bible. That's the reason why we need to study the Bible. That's the reason why we need to rightly divide the word of truth and make and apply it to our lives. And so if you remember the theme of Titus is right doctrine, right living, right doctrine, right living. And so we see the word sound, the word sound is mentioned five times in just three chapters. In the book of Titus, there is the word sound is mentioned five times. However, in the text before us, in verses 1 through 10, it's mentioned three times. Three of the five times is mentioned in the text before us. And this reason why. The word sound is hygiano. It's where we get the word hygiene. Hygiene. Uh, not to say hi to a guy named Gene, but you know what I'm talking about. Hygiene. It's hygiene, and, and it means to be well, and it means to be in good health. And Christians, pastors, and everyone part of the body of Christ, we cannot be well. We never would be well. We won't be in good health, spiritually speaking, unless we are doctrinally sound in the word of God. And here, Paul instructs Titus to teach the people in the island of Crete, all the churches, Teach them sound doctrine, sound doctrine that teaches them to live godly lives. As a matter of fact, at the end of this letter in Titus chapter 3, verse 8, Paul writes this, that those who believe, who have believed, that those who have believed, pastors, the church, every Christian, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. Well, we read the text. Let us now study the text verse by verse Titus chapter 2, verse 1, Paul begins by this saying, but as for you, but as for you, before we get to the people in the church, Paul has one more instruction for Titus. He said, but as for you, Titus, he's addressing him and he says he is to give instructions to all the teachers and it is applied for all of us. What Paul is saying to Titus, applies for me as a pastor, and he must follow the instruction. So he says, but as for you, he goes on to say, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. 
Speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. This is something that's lacking in churches today. Now, when I say churches, please don't get the idea that I say, oh, we're better. No, by far. You know, we're not perfect, you know. But this is something that's lacking. I know because I've been around so many church circles, different denominations since I was a kid. And it is not taught, it is not preached, and it is sound doctrine. Again, the word sound, the word doctrine is dadaskalia. It means teaching, it means instruction. And that's the next, there you go, dadaskalia means to teach and to instruct. And so Titus is to appoint the elders in the island of Crete, and he's commanded that they teach sound doctrine. And that's important because quite often, this is the reason why many Christians drift away. This is the reason why many Christians are up and down and they really don't stay put. They really don't develop their relationship with Christ. They really don't grow in the Lord because they don't have sound doctrine. Everybody's concerned about, you know, the practical. It's like, uh, just show me how to do it. <laughs> You know, but if you understand the science behind it, you understand the blueprint, it helps you how to do it much better. I don't know if you're like me. I forget about the manual sometimes. And after I build something, I say, I got like 20 screws left. What do I do with this? You know, that's how it is. And what happens, that's the same thing with Christian life. In most of Paul's letters, he always gives the doctrinal, like the book of Ephesians, he gives the doctrinal stuff before he gives the practical. We lose and, and we always drift away. We don't have root, you know, like a tree. It has root. It's rooted into the ground. And you have Christians that are like tumbleweeds. You always see the Western story? And you see the tumbleweed? It doesn't have a, it just, where is it? I don't know. It was here a little bit ago. And, and the same way, oh, when you go to the, to the ocean and by the beach, what happens? You know, it's like somebody who's surfing and they come back and they're surfing. The waves bring them back to the shore. It's a practical, but when you understand how to sail, not that everybody wants to sail that surfs, but in order to sail the sea, you need the right size boat, the right size sail. You need to understand the wind direction in order for you to sail, to make the distance. And in order for you to grow in your faith, you need to understand sound doctrine. And so it's important because sound doctrine is the root that produces fruit for sound practices. Good works, and later on we're going to see good works and the virtues of faith, love, and patience. And so in a nutshell, healthy doctrine produces healthy spiritual living. Healthy doctrine produces healthy spiritual living. And although this is a simple biblical command, this is simple. This is in Scripture. This is in Scripture, and we must follow this. However, even though it's in the Bible and it's a command, sadly, it's not being practiced in the churches today. In fact, the Apostle Paul warns us of this. He gives us warnings about this. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, this is what he said. In verses 3 to 4, chapter 4, he says, But the time will come, and it already has, when they will not endure sound doctrine, healthy teaching, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears. We love to hear things that are good. They will heap up from themselves teachers. As long as he's teaching the things that I want to hear, hey, he's the guy. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. 
That's a come when you look. Why does this guy who has a Colgate smile, handsome guy, who gives a joke, he looks great, he could fill a stadium with over 50,000 people. Why? He tells them what they love to hear. He tells them what they love to hear. And so he tickles me. He never opens his Bible. He'll say, hey, my Bible, and then have this little model, whatever it is. You're waving, and while you're there, just go like this. Open it up <laughs> and teach it. And it's sad because what all they do is give little uh, sermonettes, topical, motivational teaching with illustrations. I see at one time, be careful what you watch on TV. I saw this pastor just before he started preach, he came down on the zip line. I said, wow. Another pastor, he was like hoist up like he was flying. I said, really? I don't think Paul ever did that. I don't think any of the disciples ever did that. Even though Jesus could do that, he didn't do that. What happened is all these illustrations. Oh, I want to give you an illustration. Speak it. But besides that, they tickle the ears. They have itching ears. They don't teach hell. They don't teach repentance. They don't teach the blood. Oh, don't talk about the blood in church. Hey, you go to the theaters and you watch bloody gory movies, don't you? Your kids are probably playing video games with blood. And when it comes to the blood of Jesus, all of a sudden, whoa, whoa, you know? Think about it. And, and it's sad. And filling up because people want to hear the truth. Oh, just give me a sermon that's about me. Me, me, me. Okay, enough about me talking about me. How about you talk about me more? You know, and it just keeps on. Ten steps to a better you. The Bible says we're filthy. The heart is corrupt. Who can know it? There's nothing good in us. Nothing. The only thing we have is Christ in our hearts. And so they're commanded to teach healthy doctrine we give healthy spiritually in the same way. You know, we eat healthy foods to be healthy. We work out. We do whatever we can to be healthy in the physical. Why can't we do that for the spiritual? The only thing we're getting is cotton candy. Cotton candy tastes sweet. But before it even goes down to your esophagus, it dissolves. It's nothing. No substance. It's sweet. It's fun to eat. It does nothing for you. It's the same way of people tickling the ears. And so, just like the church today, the churches in Crete, they were filled with so many false teachers. And, and Paul is now just saying, listen, forget about that teaching. He already addressed the false teachers. Now he's giving them, after giving the qualification of a pastor, now he's telling them, what is a good, healthy church? A sound church and their qualities. And now, in verses verses 2 all the way to verse 10, Paul's going to list five groups that are in the church. He lists for us five groups in the church, looking at the church as a whole, and he's going to address those five groups in the church. And for those of you who are taking notes, in verse 2, he's going to address the older men, the older men in the church. That's in verse 2. In verse 3, he's going to address the older women in the church, Older women, verse 3. Younger women, in verses 4 and 5. Younger women, in verses 4 and 5. The younger men, in verse 6. And then, 
bond servants, slaves, or today we call them employees. So every one of us, mostly all of us, work. We have an employer. It's going to tell that group of people how they ought to live, but it's going to give them sound doctrine, how you should live. Now, let's look at verse 2. He begins by saying that the older men, the older men, we looked at the Greek word prepateros, and that's elder. Here is not the same as another older man. It speaks of one who's old in age. And so just before we go through the age groups here, because they're older men, younger men, older women, younger women, and I know all of us fit in the younger category. I just want to be polite, okay? What is an older man? What age group? We don't know. We're not sure. However, According to an ancient Greek physician by the name Hippocrates, he's the father of medicine. He was around 460 BC to around 370 BC, and he divided the age group in his time. And this is the age group, okay? I know everybody fits in the 15 to 21, but I just want to give it all, okay? According to Hippocrates, in the ancient Greek time, he would say birth, you know, child is from birth to seven, boy ages eight to 14. And so, you know, you see the group there, okay? And I know everybody again. I want to be careful, especially when it gets to the ladies. I'm just going to be careful. And so if you're looking at this and you're not in the category, you know, I want to apologize for the historical facts, Okay. I'm not trying to offend you. I just want to let you know the responsibilities ultimately. Now, the bottom line is, is whether you're a man, a grown man, a grown woman, regardless of what age group, we have to set an example to the world and those younger than us. We have to set the example. It's not only an example in life, but also spiritually as believers in Christ. Old men are to be an example for younger men. Okay? Older women must be an example for younger women. And that's the key. But he's going to give us, he's going to address these groups. And so the first group, uh, the older men, and there are four characteristics they ought to have to be a sound church. And he addresses the old men. So let's look at verse two. The older men must be number one, sober. He must be sober. And that is to be focused, earnest, discerning, discreet. And there are many reasons why we're to be sober, to be alert. I'll give you one. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Hey, listen, he's not out of business. He still has a bag of tricks left before Christ comes. And he's going to go after you as much as he can, especially the men in the house. You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. We're currently in the book of Titus, where Paul is encouraging this young pastor to keep the faith. They're on an island that might seem overwhelming in reaching the lost with the news of Jesus. Do you feel that way too? You're trying to connect with people and help them see a better way, but the world and its pressures keep pressing in and it can feel a bit overwhelming. Keep leaning into messages like this one in God's Word. We're so glad you decided to join us. And here's Jessica letting you know how you can partner with us in this ministry. Prayers for this ministry would be so appreciated. The opportunity for the lost to be reached over the radio is incredible. So please pray for our listening audience and that what's shared will alter people's lives forever. Another way you can support us is by prayerfully considering giving 
in a financial way. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into producing this program, and we're grateful for all who are willing to come alongside us to support the creation of each program. If you feel led to do this, you can find a Give tab at runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. If you missed that website, it's runningtheraceradio.com. While you're there, you can find all sorts of information about Calvary Chapel of Milford. If you're in the area, we'd love to have you come visit on a Sunday morning. You'll find service times and directions on the website. Just click the Back to Homepage button for that information. That's all for today, but join us again next time here on Running the Race.